Blog Talk Radio. It's Saturday, November 7th, 2015, and you are tuned in to another edition of The Misty Show. We're your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and back in the saddle with us once again is my co-host and all-around bestie, Dee. <laughs> Welcome back, Dee. Hey, Jay. I'm so happy to be back. I'm sorry I had to leave these hangings for the past couple of weeks. That's okay. We missed you. We're just glad that you're feeling better. I'm better. I'm much better. Hey, everybody, I'm back. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, Pet Spooktacular wasn't the same without you. I hate I miss it, Pet Spooktacular. I wanted to do my my haunted sounds and do the sound effects, but I I wasn't going to be able to do that. So... But I'm back, and I'm I'm better. I'm getting better, so it's all good. Well, good. We're just glad that you're back now. We're into a new month. It's November. It's hot here. <laughs> it, it's November. It's November. It's like, what, Thanksgiving is just a couple of weeks away. A couple of weeks, about two weeks, then you'll be eating some turkey. Yeah, so that that's really crazy, especially down here where we live, because it just doesn't really feel like November. It's just hot and balmy. People are still in shorts and flip-flops here. For those yeah. who might be listening where it's really cold, I'm sorry. But people are still in flip-flops and shorts and are getting sunburned because I know somebody who stayed out in the sun and got sunburned. So, yeah. 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 And only here living in the south, but, you know, just like our classic weather in this area, um, next week, or actually, I don't know, tomorrow, later tonight or something, it's supposed to kind of dip down and get much cooler. It's a, we're supposed to have a cold front, and we're supposed to be able to wear a coat tomorrow. So it's so, so from no, short to coats. What's going to happen between now and then? But you know what? That's how our weather is. You wake up in the flops, you go to bed in parkas. So yeah. just hang in there, people. The weather will change. Just hang in there, so we're just waiting on the rain to come through and cool it off. But we um we've put up another decoration. We've kind of taken down Halloween. We got rained on on Halloween, so a lot of our blow ups, you know, they were kind of waterlogged and everything. So we've kind of had to dry them out. But our newest number <laughs> that we have outside as a decoration is palm turkey. So I have an inflatable turkey and he's sitting on my porch. So. He's lit up and he's out there waving at the cars as they go by. Still there, Dee? I am here. You kind of went out a little bit, Jay, but I'm I am here. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it got I, really quiet. I wasn't you having a no, little te- technical difficulty. It was as if your voice started trailing off, and I thought, where's she going? Uh oh. <laughs> well, hopefully, it didn't trail off to our listening audience. I apologize. If so, we may just be having some slight technical difficulties. No, I hear you perfectly fine now, so we're good. Okay, good. All right, well, today's topic is when pets outlive their owners, what provisions have you made? Um, This is going to be a very important topic, so make sure you stay tuned. But before we get off into that, we want to make sure we give out the answer 
to yesterday's pet trivia question. The question was, next to the elephant and white rhino, what is the third heaviest land animal? Ooh, the elephant and the pet land animal. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so you've got an, an elephant and you've got the white rhino, but there's what animal is in third place is the heaviest? Oh, heavy, heavy, heavy. Hmm. Oh, man. I'm thinking elephant, and I'm thinking what could be smaller than an elephant but still big? Hmm. Is it something that's popular that 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 we might know? You you will know this animal when I say it. Um, I, I'll give another clue. This animal is in the water also sometimes. It's in the water a lot, and but but it can also come up on land. And body body style wise, it kind of I guess it would be more similar to a rhino than an elephant. Oh, but it's in it's third a place. Hippopotamus. It is a hippopotamus. Ah, cool. <laughs> yes, it is the third heaviest land animal. And hippos can weigh anywhere from one and a half to three tons when they're full grown. Wow, that is yes. Yeah, so that's a that's a heavy hippo. <laughs> that's a heavy, heavy hippo. <laughs> and another fun fact: um, due to their rotund size, a lot of people would assume that hippos are meat eaters, but they're not. Really? They are herbivores. They so they actually only eat plants. They are not meat eaters. Well, they must be eating a lot of uh, plants and trees and grass and bark or something. <laughs> wow. That yes, is, so that. they, they don't eat unhealthy. They don't eat unhealthy. They're just big bones. They're so. just big bones, exactly. <laughs> and we love them all the same. We love them all the same, so don't make assumptions about the hippo. Hippos are cool, but at the same time, they can be very aggressive. And not that most people will run into a hippo, but if you are in a country where, I guess, you would have access to a hippo, not an animal you would want to run up on. So keep your distance. I will keep my distance if I'm ever in the hippo area. (laughs) If you answer correctly, you're smarter than the average bear. And make sure you stay tuned for next Friday's blog entry to hear our next pet trivia question and check out all our past blog entries at blogspot.sheesauthority.com. Links used in today's episode can be found after the show on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44 or on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash missyshow. Now, on to today's episode, when pets outlive their owners. Mm. You know, the I think the average person just doesn't assume that their pets are going to outlive them, for one thing. You know, I think, and you're right, Jay, I, I completely agree with you. You just, you know, just reading some of the research, one of the things that came across is, you know, people kept saying, you know, I never thought about that. You don't think about you know, you have your kids, and, you know, our pets are our pet kids, but you have your, you know, your kids, and you think, okay, well, you have to make provisions for, you know, if something should happen. You have godparents put in place. You have, you know, you know, other things put in place, wills and trust and things of that nature, and, and who would take care of, the, you know, our kids if something should happen. 
but you don't think about what about a pet? You know, what about your pets? And some of them are living a lot longer than, you know, the average lifespan that you would think that, you know, a, a pet would live. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, even though you might not stop with anything that would happen to you unexpectedly, but even if you get a pet at a certain age, you have to think about, well, does, will this, is there a chance that this pet could actually outlive me? You know, you have, um, I was looking at some of the pets, lifespan just looking at some of them and I did not know that some goldfish actually can live over 25 years not that you know but just think about it you might have a gold some goldfish that that you know can actually live and survive over 25 years most of the ones that die it's because due to poor care you know you come in you leave out you come back the fish is floating probably maybe because some you didn't do or somewhere but some of them can actually live over 25 years. The average lifespan is 1 to 10 years, but some can go for over 25 years, which I did not know that at all. I didn't know that either. I had no idea fish could live that long. Not a goldfish anyway. Not a goldfish. You know, you always see the goldfish kind of making it maybe a month or two, and then they're, you know, kind of belly up a little bit. But, yeah, it, it they can live for a long time. I didn't know that, but they can. And especially for people um, out there, if you're considering which next week's show, we're going to be talking about parrots and um, birds as pets, so we won't get deep off into that. But as far as lifespans, I don't know if a lot of you out there know, but parrots and certain breeds of birds can live a really long time because I saw where a macaw can live 50 to 100 years. Exactly. Exactly. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? So... Just think, even if you are buying this, this, you know, you might think, maybe you're in your 20s and you're thinking, you know, I think I want to just, you know, buy a macaw or something like that or a bird or whatever, 20, 30. Think about it. You know, add 100 years on to whatever year you are and plan for that, you know, because the bird might outlive you. So you want to make sure that there's someone or something is put in place to take care of them, you know. Um, I was reading an article where the lady spoke about, and actually um, I'll, I'll probably touch on this a little bit more. Um, I think her name was Amy Schreiber, Schreiber, Schreiber. I don't know if you've read anything about her, but she was just a volunteer in an animal show, and she was talking about how when September 11th happened, you know, a lot of, of um Pets lost their their people, their you know, their um, their 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 pet owners, because they perished unfortunately in in that whole you know September 11th to Twin Tower thing, and a lot of them became you know homeless in a sense, and a lot of them went to shelters. Um, it was I think they said that a hundred thousand to five hundred thousand um pets go to shelters each year after their owners die or becoming incapacitated. So you think about that, about all of these these pets that are going to shelters, and a lot of them probably end up euthanized. So when the September 11th attacks and that happened, it was an estimated about 800 pets became orphaned after that. So 800 animals kind of didn't have anything or anywhere to go, you know. I mean, I'm quite sure some of them probably had, some people probably took them or whatever, but there was 800 of them that became orphans after that day. So you want to think about what would you do or have you even thought about if something, unfortunately, God forbid, if something should happen to you, 
What do you do with your, what are you going to do with your animals? Exactly. That those are high numbers, D. I mean, yeah. to think a hundred thousand to five hundred thousand pets end up in shelters just because their owners die or become incapacitated. Like you said, that's I mean, those numbers are actually staggering when you think about it. That's a yeah. lot of animals. That's a lot each year. A hundred thousand to five hundred thousand pets are going I mean, you you kinda of understand now where the shelters are so overcrowded and so overpopulated because this is something I would think, you know, and it's something that, you know what, Jay, it's something that, honestly, I didn't even think about. I didn't even, I didn't even, th- you, you just don't think about that, what would happen to, thinking back when I had Mr. Boomer, and I was thinking, you know, what would have happened if, you know, of course we have family here, but what if something should happen? I'm pretty sure, and this is something that people say, oh, my, my brother or my sister or somebody would take the, the animal. But sometimes they can't. Maybe they can't take them, or maybe they just don't want to take them. They don't want to bring, you know, that into their, their lives. So nine times out of ten, that, that pet's either going to, you know, hopefully they'll find somebody. But if not, they, that pet's going to go to a shelter, you know. And and what Amy um, Shriver, Shriver, I'm not sure, S-H-E-V-E-R, um, Shriver maybe, was saying is that you have these pets that, you know, that were so used to being you know, sitting on someone's lap and sleeping in someone's bed and then something happens and all of a sudden they are sent to a shelter. And I read this story, and I don't know if you saw this story, Jay, but it was like this blurb, and I don't know the specifics of it, but it was about this particular dog, and they had had classified the world's status dog. Yeah, I saw that. Did you see that? I don't know the the whole thing of the story, but I think the gist of the story was that this particular pet was, um, I think adopted out into a family and had been with that family for a little while. And then all of a sudden, I think it became kind of um, aggressive or something. Mm-hmm. I think it's, um, I don't know if it snapped at one of the children or something yeah. like that. I think something happened and, and it kind of, I don't know what it came from or what it provoked it to do this, but it snapped at one of the kids. And so they just kind of decided, you know, we can't afford to keep this pet with us. We just don't know what it will do or whatever. So they put it back into the shelter, and it, I mean, if you saw the picture, it just would break your heart. Yeah. The pet, you know, it became very despondent. It refused to go on walks, and it just, the picture just showed it with its little head up against the wall, head through, tail tucked, just looking completely, completely depressed and miserable. Uh, a happy note to that story is that, um, I think it's a girl, it was a girl, she was adopted out, there's a family, I think there's a family waiting, or there are families waiting to get this dog, or one might be in line, I think that the dog will be adopted, I think what they're going to do now is send it to a family that does not have kids, and they're going to work with her, or what have you, so that's a good note to that, but you think about it, you know, families that don't have a plan in place, something happens to them, the dog goes into, a dog that's been used to being in, you know, laps, and sleeping in beds and having a routine and going for walks and, you know, having playtime and everything. And then all of a sudden one day someone comes and just takes you out of your familiar surroundings. It's bad enough you don't know what happened to your people, your family, but then you're thrown into an unfamiliar place with all these other, you know, dogs and noises and unfamiliar smells and sounds and, and different food and everything. And, and I would become depressed too because it would be traumatic, you know, very traumatizing. 
Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? I think a lot of younger people assume, well, you know, like you're saying, you know, I'm just in my twenties or whatnot. And even if you're not, you know, adopting a pet that has a really long lifespan, like a bird or anything like that, I mean, it could even happen with a dog or a cat if something just unexpectedly happens to you. Everyone doesn't die of old age. You know, sometimes accidents happen, you know, unfortunate events where you may have a couple and maybe they're just in their 20s and maybe, you know, if get killed or something happens or you just, people have heart attacks, things unexpectedly happen, would you know what's going to become of your pet? Have you already made arrangements? And a lot of times you can't just assume, oh, my brother will take him. Yeah. My sister will take him, mom will take him, whoever, because you don't know that, because maybe they might have good intentions and they might be like, yeah, I'll take them or whatever, but you don't know that for certain because they may get that pet, and some pets, they are challenging, you know, yeah. to say the least, they or you do. may have a special needs pet, and yeah. that family member may not want to, you know, deal with that. You know, it's like when you go to pick the pet, not every pet belongs in every family. You find a pet that fits into your family, into your lifestyle. And just because that pet, you visited that pet at your brother's house, that pet might not fit into your lifestyle, fit into your family. So mm-hmm. you have to take that into consideration. You know, it might, even though you might want to, it just might not be a perfect fit. So you have to make sure, especially, you know, if you're, you know, you live, say you're living single, you're living alone, and you think, okay, I'll get a pet to keep me company, you have a pet, and then God forbid something happening, you just don't come home that day, you don't come home at all. And that pet's in that house waiting for you. Of course, people will probably come or what have you, but what happens to the pet? What happens in that situation? Does that person come in and take the pet? I mean, what do you do? If there's something in place, then there's already written instructions or something in place, provisions set aside for the for the, for the the animal. Exactly. It's pretty much if you would... Um including your will, what you will want to happen for your children, who you will want to get custody of your children, you should do the same thing for your pet, you know, because just just have something that's legally binding, something you've already agreed upon with a particular person, and you've sat down and actually talked about it, and that person is okay with taking your pet, and preferably a family member or a friend who's familiar with the pet, and the pet is familiar with them someone who the pet will be comfortable with. You know, like Dee was saying, you know, every pet is going to fit for every household. So say if you have a particular friend and your pet is familiar with that person, you might want to sit down with that person and see if in the event of your passing they might be open to, you know, taking care of your pet. So you want to have all of that kind of out of the way and just already done. It's a pleasant business, and no, none of us really wants to talk about that. No one does. But just for the sake of your pet, you know, just... Talk about it, get it out of the way, get it in writing, and then that way you don't really have to think about it anymore. Exactly. Um, I was reading um, an article entitled Estate Planning for for Pets 101, and um, the lady that I was uh, referring to earlier, Amy Trevor Shriver, I don't know how her last name is is said, but she actually um, started an organization let me go through my notes and see if I can find it. Oh, it's, and I don't know if you read about this. It's Second Chance for Pets. Did you read anything about that? Yeah, I did. I did. It, it, she started this organization, um, Second Chance for Pet, which is S, I mean, 2ND Chance for P-E-T-S-Pets.org. Um, is an organization that works to reduce the number of pets that are euthanized in the United States due to the death 
or disability of being human companions. Um, and she, it, it, it's a, a all-volunteer nonprofit animal welfare organization, and they're a nationwide volunteer team works to provide comprehensive information and lifetime care solutions to pet owners, veterinarians, and members of animal care organizations to ensure the welfare of companion animals. And basically, this organization is, you know, it's a welfare organization for pets, and it it does a lot of the, you know, taking care and of of situations where if the animal should, I mean, if the the pet parent should become, you know, should pass away or something should happen, they will go in and they will provide, you know, try to find a second chance, a second home, a solution to, you know, re. Uh, put the pet in a different um, home so that they can be taken care of. And it just gives them, like they said, a second chance or something like that. But I also was reading um, an article entitled Estate Planning for Pets 101. And like you were saying, Jay, one of the things you want to do is you want to find a replacement for your, um, you want to find a replacement for your pet. You want to identify a committed caregiver is the most important step in planning your pet's future. And this was what um, Amy Schreiber was talking about. You talk with everyone from your veterinarian to your family members to pet sitters about becoming your pet's designated caregiver. And you want to appoint an understudy. You should also identify an alternate caregiver because what they were saying is, you know, you might say, okay, well, this person is going to be the person. Something You never know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And something could happen with that person. So you want to you wanna make sure that there's someone that can also step in for that person. It's, it's just like you would with your kids. You know, if, if something should happen to you, you put in your will, oh, they'll go to da-da-da-da. But if in a chance that they can't be with blah-blah-blah, this person will. And But you need to get this stuff in writing. And you need to make sure that this is something legally binding and this is something that has been put in place and something that everybody, you know, knows about. Also, you want to establish expectations, create an information packet that details your pet's medical history and their daily care needs. Um, because she was saying, obviously, your cat or dog can't say, oh, well, here's the food I eat and here's how much I eat and here's why I need my treats and, and here's when I need my walk. So you want to make sure that you put down everything that you're – it's like a, a pet plan for your pet. You know, it's, a, it's a, what they eat, when they take their walks, what treats they like, just so that if something should happen to you, their routine, their food, it's going to be traumatic to them not having you there, but at least give them some kind of familiarity to, to kind of hang on with. Um, and you also want to set aside like a pet pension. You set aside a fund to cover your pet's future experience, um, expenses. So, for example, you can designate the trustee of your pet trust as the beneficiary of the life of as a beneficiary of your life insurance policy, which I did not know that, that you could actually do that. I did not know. I didn't know that either. I did not know you could you could put your pet down as a beneficiary, or you can put your, designate the trustee of your pet trust as the beneficiary of your life insurance policy. So I guess the person you put in charge, you can put them down as your beneficiary, but make sure and designate it that this money goes to take care of your pet. I guess that's how you it know what, D though, now I take that back. Because it seems like there was some celebrity or some famous person who passed and they left all their money to their pet. I wanna say yeah. I have heard of that. So I yeah. guess that's sort of like that, but you're I guess you're leaving it to the person who actually will be caring for your pet. So all the money is to go to the care of the pet. Yeah. You know, and they and they were talking about that where you get you know, you 
you can, I didn't know anything about that, but you can put that down where, you know, this money, the person you put in charge, they use this money to take care of the pet. You, you know, your 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 um, beneficiary that you put down, the money you will get back from your life insurance, all of that money goes towards taking care of this pet. Wow. So it, 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 I mean, you just don't think about it, but then you think about, yeah, you know, you have to, you want to make sure that your pet's taken care of. If you leave this pet with someone, you want to make sure that they have adequate enough, you know, money to take care of them. So I'm quite sure a lot of people have insurance policies and things like that, but they don't think about, even if you say, okay, this person's going to take care of the pet. And yeah, if it's somebody that, you know, yeah, of course I'll take care of the pet. But you want, I would want to leave them to have money to take care of that pet. Yeah, because taking care of pets can be expensive, especially if they have any type of health problems or something. Very, very, very much so. So you want to make sure that there is not just someone designated to take care of the pet, but they have adequate, you know, monetary means to take care of the pet. So when you're designating money or you put money in in trust and leave into family members and things, make sure that you set aside some money legally if you want to put it in, in legal terms and, in, 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 you know, a will or something like that, that designate this is the money that's set aside for this person who will be deemed as the caregiver of this person, you know. And I think that there was something else where they said that you kind of have a person that's in charge of the trust, but then you have another person that's in charge of, you know, checking up to make sure that this money is being used for the right, you know, thing. Because, right. of course, yeah, you know, you, you so you have two people, somebody that you know, in charge of the care, charge of the pet, but then you have somebody in charge of the money. So to make sure that this money goes to this person, it's like a checks and balances kind of thing, to make sure that it's being used the proper way and the right way, and, and the pet is the most important thing that's being taken care of. Exactly, because that is the most important thing. You know, something that just popped in my head, Dee, I thought about what about situations where you have people and they have multiple pets? Exactly, you know, you have people that have like four or five dogs and things like mm-hmm. that, and cats, and, and and this is where it just would make me like. I mean, if I had like more than, even if I had one dog, now I'm thinking, oh God, what if something happens to me? But if I had like three dogs, gee whiz, I would just be like freaking out now because I'm like, okay, well, what happened? Because my pet. Because the like, average person may not want to take on three dogs or four exactly. cats or something. Exactly. So it's just like kids. You're gonna have to split them up. You know, and it would be like I want them to be able to see each other, and I want. Them. So it would be, you know, this has really put like a, a a planted a seed in my head. So, you know, if if the next animal I get, you know, Jay, uh, <laughs> be prepared to be tapped for something. Hey, and and same here. If I, if I ever were to get another one, you'd probably be my person, my go-to person. Be prepared to be the doggy godmother. <laughs> yeah. Because right now this is really planted a seed in my head because I'm like thinking about it, it just makes me think, oh my god, if something should happen to me, I want my you know you know dog or cat or whatever to be taken care of by someone who first of all wants to take care of them, second of all who can take care of them, and I want to make sure that they have what they need to take care of them. So exactly, there's a lot going into that, you know, and I think just like Amy Schreiber was saying. People just don't, they don't even think about it. It's not even something you think about. Yeah, but but you really should think about it no matter what the age. 
It's easy to say if you're a senior citizen. Of course, if you say if you're already like 65 or 70 and you adopt a pet, that's a wonderful thing. But, of course, in that situation, you really need to be thinking about it. But unexpected things can happen no matter what age you are. No so, I mean, at any age, you should think about it. No matter what age. And if you're sending your kids to, you know, you have them and say, okay, something should happen to the kids. We want this person to take the kids. But if you also have animals that these kids are bonded with, you might want to check with them and say, hey, I know we've asked you, you know, this, but are you willing to take the pets too? So, you know, it's, you know, these are things you need to ask. Yeah, definitely. These are things that you have to consider. So just it's an uncomfortable topic, but just make sure you, you have that person. And when you said that, D, about having like a um, a doggy godmother or a kitty godmother, that's actually a good idea. Like yeah. if you just had a, a, a close friend or just a family member or whoever and just say, you're the godmother. And of course, it's something y'all have talked about, but kind of like have a doggy godmother where you, you take the dog around that person. They're used to them. It's like another member of the family. So if something happens, the pet is already used to that person. Exactly. I mean, think of that pet as your child and act accordingly. Yes. Yes, definitely. This is a very important topic. We will be sure to post all the links from today's episode onto our social media pages. Be sure to join us next week. We're going to be talking about parrots as pets. How committed are you? Because there are certain things that go along with um, owning certain breeds of birds. This is one of the things that we were just talking about now, but there are other things that go along with that. So if you are considering getting a parrot or getting any type of bird in that category, make sure you tune in to next week's show because it can be a commitment. not trying to steer anyone from getting one, but just make sure it's a commitment that you are going into with your eyes open because that benefits you and the pet. So you guys all have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.